Where we are dead people. Very sleepy boys. Hello, everyone. I'm going to go out at some point and play some games with some lovely people, but. Hello, everyone. Come in, come in. No, 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 no. Shut the curtains. Listen. We're going to bring the energy right down for the start of this episode. Hearty Dice Friends episode 120, I think. Mm, could be anything. Could be anything. We're big sleepy boys. We were in America. Is this the start of the episode? It feels like it. We were in America uh, until quite recently. Well, Wednesday? I don't even remember what day it, it was. Could, it literally could have been any day. It could have been any day. We we were in we were at Gen Con, which explains why there was no episode last week. Oh. Uh, we kind of said there would be, and that was a that was a mugs errand fools we, game. <laughs> we very much overestimated our capabilities of operating at Gen Con and doing a job. I was barely I was barely able to be polite to people in the same room. Mm, that was evident. Yes, that was. I was very tired. I know. I'm joking. I was very, I, I was very, like it's. It, I, I have difficult enough times functioning as a human being when I'm not thousands of miles away from home, jet-lagged, eating the wrong food, and having to deal with Matt Mercer trying to knock down my door. <laughs> hey, Grant, Grant, come ride my yacht. He was very insistent about the yacht part. He drank it's it hugely... all the way up the avenue. He's terrifyingly strong. Powerful man. It's a big yacht. I think I think he gains his power from, uh, one, his hair, mm. and two, those waistcoats. Oh, those teensy waistcoats. Which confer magical power. Yes, we were in Gen Con. Let's see if we can get the energy up. Hello. We were at Gen Con. We went there. We thought we'd give it a go. We came. We saw. We didn't conquer in as much as we didn't really try that hard. But we did okay, I think. We could have conquered. We could have conquered. We just didn't want to. We wanted to leave some Gen Con for others. We were, you know what? We were feeling kind. But we definitely could have conquered if we wanted to. Yeah. I could have fought yacht to yacht with Matt Mercer. I, the thing about Matt Mercer that still gets me is that isn't a costume. He has those ja- is, he has those little that. waistcoats all the time. Reader, we met, we actually met Matt Mercer, <laughs> <laughs> and by we I mean me. I didn't want to. No, Chris went and had a cigarette. <laughs> that was my choice. Meet Matt Mercer or have a cigarette, like I always do. Chris went and had a cigarette. Could describe. I'm going to say 60% of Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a really good tactic for just getting the hell out of there. Yes. Well, okay. So we 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 were out at dinner and we passed uh, a man who was visibly Matt Mercer and like three or four other tables full of critical role people. And I used my in with Marisha Ray to say hello. Mm. And it's like and like they, they they were very nice. They talked to me for a while. Good. Matt treated Matt treated me like an equal, which is good. <laughs> Grant, Grant, you and I are the same. He said identical. 
identical. Grant, hop on this horse and ride with me. Side, sight to side, Grant. <laughs> we're going to the sunset. We're going to the, we're going to Tijuana. It's a long way away from Indianapolis. Hi, I'm Matt Mercer. Strap in, motherfucker. Uh, no, he was like honestly, they were all really nice. <laughs> they yeah, they're probably nice people. They were, they were really great people. Um, and I, I had a nice time, and I feel a little bit bad about the continual Matt Mercer impressions, but not enough. That's what to he stop sounds doing them. like. That is what he sounds, and he was wearing a little waistcoat. Yeah, like that's not a joke about the waistcoats. I, th- I thought. I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, clearly, you know what? He's found something that he liked, and he's stuck with it. He's got his flair. Yeah, he's got his flair. And we're back. We're back in the UK. <laughs> yes, we we're are. here. the The dreams of America have faded like morning dew. We are we are embracing the the cold, hard light of morning as we have to get back to doing some actual work and maybe write a book. Mm, apparently, mm. but we are we are very much cold and broken boys after the energy expenditure of like four days at Gen Con. I'm tired and I'm not chronically ill. Yeah, uh, Chris is chronically ill and he's also very tired. So, <laughs> on top of the tiredness illness. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. So so might be a little bit of a short episode today, and also uh, the role of Chris will be played by. Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> and Chris's ghost. <laughs> Chris's ghost. <laughs> Liam Hemsworth recently split up with Melanie Cyrus. Very sad. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 that's, that's a real shame. I heard about it on Twitter Moments. Yeah, that's how I got it as well. I was looking at your Twitter feed and it was inside. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have had no idea who either of them Come to are. think of it, I, I'm, I, only, I can only guess who Liam Hemsworth might be. I assume the brother of the proper Hemsworth. Yeah, the Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, the good one. Mm. Look, Liam, thank you for taking on the role of Chris. You're all welcome. Sorry? You're welcome. You sound much less Australian than I thought you would. Thank you. I'm a consummate actor. Oh, of course. Are you an actor? Is that what you do? Yes. <laughs> I've got more free time now with the Miley Cyrus thing. That's true, yes. Let's let's do the show. Let's answer some questions. Thank you for sending in some absolute bangers this week. We've got some good ones. Yes, thank you, genuinely. Yeah, cheers. Uh, and we, we are going to... Uh, first off, we answer some questions. Maybe design, maybe play. And then second off, we make some games to flex our big, flexible muscles. Liam has big muscles as well. To show you precisely what we're made of. What, what, what we're made of is anti-anxiety pills and coffee. <laughs> and some barely functioning meat. Yeah, just like old meat. <laughs> so, Grant. Chris. Answer me a question. No, you're supposed to ask me a question. Why do I have to do it? Because the format is you ask me a question first. Oh, is it? The, the, the format is that I'm the, I'm the sort of scrappy idiot, and you're the, and you're the big wise egg oh, who I come a, to. I'm going to crack myself open all over this. Thank you. No. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh Helicus asks, is drive through a drive through RPG is it a good venue for a new writer? Thanks Helicus. So drive through is a tricky biscuit, isn't it? Just to explain to those who perhaps aren't on the inside of the industry or on the internet at all. Yes, drive through is the is the uh, primary means of buying RPGs online. 
they have drive-through comics and drive-through cards as well, I believe. Yeah, I think so. They 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 have diversified, but mainly they do PDFs and print on demand. Yeah, they're print on demand stuff. Uh, and you go you go to their website. It's abominable. Awful. It's terribly organised. The search function. You might as well just yell into a bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, they ha- they have the monopoly because no one else did it as as quickly as them. Yeah. So now everybody because of that, everybody's on there, and it would just be yeah. a pain to move. Yes, we're on there. Yeah. However, we we don't earn most of our money through there. You see, drive through takes something like I think I think a thirty five percent cut. Yeah. For it's thirty five percent for um. If, if, if you're not exclusive. Mm-hmm. Some, something like that. It's some outrageous level of money. Uh, so we just put all of our products up at 45% more uh, expense yep. and let the market sort itself out. Yep. Uh, I, 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 I actually feel a little bit bad for people who bought stuff on drive-thru when they could just bought yeah. it from a website. <laughs> yeah, if you buy our stuff through drive-thru, drive-thru, you are a genuine rube and we pity you. Wow. They might not have known, Grant. Well, now you know. Now you know. Now you know. Look, come come over to our website. We've got a nice website. You can you, you can get it's it's like drive through except there's fewer games and it works. <laughs> well, well, overall it works. Overall, so the issue with drive through is also their print on demand is bobbins. Uh, it does it does not look good. No, it's it, like the paper's low quality, and what yeah. they use is they use ends of papers, so they buy mm. big rolls of paper from other printers who have finished a job and don't know what to do with the paper anymore. Don't want this dirty old paper anymore. So sometimes the paper quality is really good. Um, and sometimes it's tissue paper. Yeah, and you're kind of rolling the dice every time you push that print-on-demand button. Yeah. Now, it, that is that is a really viable option, a print-on-demand function, for people who, say, don't want to make it their, their real job. Yes. Because making sure that there are books printed... And then those books are in a warehouse, and then the books go from the warehouse to distributors, and then they go to people, then they go to shops. That's that's a, a not insignificant amount of our business day. Mm-hmm. Whereas, let's say for example, let's say for example, uh, Chad Walker, who wrote Cryptomancer, just just shoved it up on drive through and pushed the button, and now if people want to buy a game, they push a button, and it runs off a copy and sends it to them, and he doesn't have to think about that. Yeah, it is quick and easy. Hmm. Um, and it does the job, and like it's one of those things Ish. of it's better. Well, it's better that a book exists than doesn't exist, right? I don't know, man. Cyberpunk twenty thirty X. I don't have to read it. Like, it would be better if it didn't exist. Would it? Yeah, the world would be better if that didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> that would solve war. It's the Hitler of books. <laughs> I think that's perhaps a bit far. That's that's the cover quote. <laughs> Jonathan Tweet says this is the Hitler of books so it's uh, it's it's risky I think but for your first time out you could do much worse than going on there and honestly if, you, if you're doing it just in PDF then yep you, well there's Itchio I'd always recommend Itchio yeah but you need it on RPG just for visibility yeah, st- stick it on drive through RPG, sell it on there. However, also set up an itch.io. You can you can give them whatever cut you want of proceedings, and you can hang out with all the other cool indie queer weirdos that are on itch.io like yeah. us. Uh, there are there are a bunch of a bunch of strangenesses on itch.io, and it's kind of, it's 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 there there is apparently there is a contest, an informal contest where you must, and I quote, beat the bear. 
<laughs> By which I mean you surpass Honey Heist on the on the, on the tabletop uh, rankings. Excellent. Which is kind of it's just kind of sweet. Like I just I just kind of I just kind of learned about this and like someone just tweeted, "I've beaten the bear." <laughs> there's a picture. There's a picture of a sad looking bear in a bowler hat, t- like two places below. <laughs> <laughs> You've made the bear sad. Oh, oh no. Bison St asks, "Do you think spell components in D and D are really necessary?" In D and D, nope. You got enough to think about. You do have a lot. I mean, just just working out your spellcasting DC is enough. Yeah, like in D and D, there's so many fights and there's so mm. many quests. Mm-hmm. It's fucking Warcraft, you know. Like, there's just there's mm. too much shit to do. <laughs> it's Warcraft, but you have to say, "Oh, um, thank you." I I click, I left click the enemy. <laughs> one, four, three, Q, E, one, 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 <laughs> one, one, four, three, Q. Just you do your hotkeys. Um, yeah, like, so in Warcraft, like, this is actually like, feels like a good analogy to me right now. Mm-hmm. You've got shit to do all of the time, regardless of whether or not you actually want to do it. Just like real life, really. Yeah, you've got dailies, and you've got this quest you've got to do for the 60th time, and mm. you need to make potions and shit. And there's a bit of that in D&D. A little bit. Like, I've got to... Oh, God, I've got to do another mission for the Queen. Ugh. Got to go choke out another goblin. Ugh. Got to wrestle a dragon mm. for building rights on his land or whatever. Got to go make um, out with this beholder. And then you've got to level up your character, which is going to take you forever. I'm still not sure how it happens, and I've been GMing for five years. <laughs> and, like, spell components are absolutely the least of your worries. Because nine times out of ten, you have a spell component pouch, which has most of the spell components you need. Yep. And then suddenly you need three 900 GP diamonds. I need some small jam tarts. Fuck off. For fuck's sake. It's just... But like, all you're doing there is you're going, I am going to go and buy... Three 900 GP diamonds. Yeah. Okay, you have three 900 GP diamonds. Mm. That was a waste of everyone's time. I think, like, it's it makes sense if you're buying three 900 GP diamonds as a limiter on things. That, oh, actually, actually, you can't just cast a spell all day long. It has other things which which cost. Like your old, um, what was it, 15,000 of crushed diamonds? Yeah. To bring someone back to life. And so that, that, that works as a useful limiter. However, what they should do is add add weight and excitement to the setting. And they absolutely do not. No, they're, they're literally just attacks. Mm-hmm. Which I think, I don't think I've ever played with a DM who used them. No, I've, I've never, certainly never enforced them. No, it's a, it's a weird, archaic rule, which could have been interesting. And like, I definitely like the way that, it's something like, um, Fireball needs like a, like an orb of pitch or something. Right. And there's that's not easy. No, but there's there's something quite cool about saying okay, so it's as above, so below. I'm going to take these these um, objects which have a fetishistic connection to this this spell I want to do, and then channel it, and it's it tells you a little something about fancy and magic. But the setting of D and D has become so vague. I don't want to have to take some some jam tarts around with me when I'm casting Tasha Sidia's laughter because I'm an evil sorcerer with a bit with a big bit with a pointy beard. And at that point, my Tasha's hideous laughter is like is like maddening rack. 
and I can make up I make up however I want, like fictionally, while staying within the same mechanics. That guy wouldn't get out three thumbnail-sized jam tarts and I don't know, <laughs> throw them at a dog. And yet, and yet, here we are. Yeah. Like, honestly, unless you're going to make them interesting, cut them from your game immediately. Or have them offer a bonus. But then, then wizards are even more powerful. Oh, that's true, yeah. Like, you, don't, you don't even give wizards another plus oh, one. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I meant like if you're writing your own system. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this is specifically, do you think spell components in D&D are a- necessary? Absolutely not, no. Even no. like e- even the highest level stuff. Wizards, it's, it's already limited. You've already got X per day. You're fine. Just... Just throw it the hell out. And also, it's like, ah, it's very difficult to get 900 GP diamonds because that's a lot of money. No, it's not. This is D&D. Don't be boring. I can't move for trousers full of money. (laughs) (laughs) I jingle every time I take a piss. It's awful. All these walls are priceless paintings. Yeah, like, ugh. I can't get rid of them. It is, is, yeah, it's it's an archaic thing, and it's kind of cute that they're stuck around, but there's no need for them. The same way that you don't make people do the somatic components. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Also, somatic is a terrible word. I think we we should call them hand jives. <laughs> the hand wriggles. Yeah, the What's hand the wriggles. One? I've got to do the hand wriggles so a fireball comes out. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> Are you doing the hokey cokey? Yeah, lightning bolt. Yeah. Ask me a question, Chris. Uh, if full dive VR is ever created, would you prefer if a game master was visible or out of sight? By one beholder and rip. So this is this is I love the idea of full dive VR that the way that yeah. that one beholder and rippers drop this in like it's a thing. Exactly, like oh, of course you all know full dive VR. You all you all have that in your living rooms. Yeah, when you when you when you jack into the matrix, mm. I think the game master should not be visible in this in this in this perfect. Re- so so just 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 to make sure we're on the same page, everyone pops on their VR helmets or plugs the cable into the back of their neck like they were a kettle. And dives into a shared universe. For to play D and D. For to play D and D. If the GM isn't visible, then you've got some issues around around the fact that like you're going to explore a uh, a dresser like a chest of drawers, and and someone has to go. Yeah, there's nothing in the chest of drawers. I haven't thought of anything. <laughs> there has to be someone there to sort of gently usher you around the bit where the world is. So I I really want the GM to be very visible and clearly your mate Michael. Oh, okay. Like not like you're in like your pointy wizard hat, you've got your stuff, <laughs> right? And he's just in the clothes he's wearing. He yeah, he is in like a pair of swimming shorts oh. and sandals. I quite like that. Because it's because it's laundry day. And like as you go to go to the dresser, he goes, There was nothing in the dresser just like holding it closed. <laughs> They found nothing at the dresser. <laughs> Until later in the store. Fuck off, Steve. Fuck Get off. Out. The heroes decided to do whatever the fuck the king asked of them. <laughs> and also, like, he's still. St- like, it, it is his first time mm-hmm. in full dive VR. I can't stop saying it. Full dive. Full dive VR. Um, and he's like, the heroes saw a twisted scene. Yeah, we know, mate. There was blood everywhere. Yeah, we, we, we this is full dive. We can see it. We yeah, can we see. Can, we can. We can smell it. It's awful. It's a bit like it's a bit like in pornography when people start describing what's going on. <laughs> I didn't need that. This isn't. This isn't radio. Primarily a visual medium. <laughs> 
there are other better ways I can listen to people say say mucky things. Are there? Well, there's like yeah, it's erotic audio, and there's like oh, and there's okay. like, there's like, like megaphones. What do you? Well, there's like there's putting a wine glass uh, uh, against the uh, against the ceiling and hearing my neighbours go at it. Against the ceiling. Well, I live, I that's live, elaborate. I, yeah, I live in a flat, so it's above. That's that's where the real sex is. <laughs> Just you on like three stacked chairs with a full wine glass, <laughs> completely not understanding what's going on. So precarious as well. Like, like there's only three chair legs balanced on each chair. Yeah, and there's only one way this is going to go, going to end, which <sighs> is the wine and the wine glass inside you. God, I'm not even hard yet. <laughs> I would like the GM to be visible. I love your idea of having them as a little friend that follows you around. Can I put mm-hmm. forward something else? You may. Which is the son from Teletubbies. The son from Teletubbies was a baby, and I think a weak GM. Yeah, true. I th- well, I, I, I think it's functioning more... Was it a GM or was it an NPC? I don't know. I'm not... Because, because there were those mysterious speakers which rose up from the ground and did issue orders. I don't know whether they were connected to the sun. Oh, that was the state. Yeah, so it seems like I'd, I'd say the state was the GM, mm, but and the son. Like if it was, if it was the ba- if it was the baby in your full dive VR, mm. I'm not going to get a lot of plot from that. No, that's true. Basically, I'm I'm going for positioning in that okay. I am. Uh, it, it's like it's not the baby's face, but it's my face, mm-hmm. beard unshaven, um, cigarette hanging out, the, <laughs> hanging out the corner, of, hanging out the corner of the sun. The cigarette is not yellow like my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's separate from the from the from the sun image, and I'm there, and I have I can I can boom things down and go rah, rah, and make noises like that. But I also have long, multi jointed robot arms. Hideous. Mm-hmm. I'm getting they're they're going to be about five hundred feet long, and they have many many elbows, and at the end, just pincers. Sorry, I'm just thinking like this. Five hundred foot long arms reaching from the sun. Well, that's not gonna do it. A day. <laughs> I'm not a real sun. No, I understand. That just that's what hit the back of my head. You know. Yeah, I like that. And and also the heat might be an issue. Yeah. Although actually, like, take away the sun part. Like, imagine that you were a DM leaning over a very detailed oh, table. Oh, hello. So you could, like, you know, you'd lean over and just, like, jam your eye through the foliage of a forest so that you could see the players. <laughs> and, like, this long hand would just rootle around trying to grab them when there's a teleport spell going on. Just like, there you are, move you over. That's, there's something quite charming about that. About, like, like you simply, like, you'd simply increase your size. Your scale. Yeah, you would be like you could f- you, you you would be enormous DM Sky Daddy, and they would be the size of models. Yeah, <gasps> all my yeah, they would they would be in twenty eight mil scale. All my fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, several of my fantasies. <laughs> Most old. Yeah, that would be quite charming. And so, like, like you've got the capacity to put yourself in in shadow mode or what have you and like and like when you when you touch things you'd drag uh, a, a monster across the place where it needs to be and then the monster would like animate walk over there yeah. and then if you get bored you can just visibly turn yourself on um uh i mean make yourself visible <laughs> uh jim could you please stop doing that we can all see you are ten thousand feet tall oh no Oh my fantasies! <laughs> Quick, hop in my mouth. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, I mean, you could just at that point you just disguise yourself as a cave. 
dare you enter my magical realm? There are so many. There, there are so many fetish opportunities for this. I don't think it's safe to release to the public. That's very true, actually. Like the the, the pornography industry would die overnight. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. You can see some people have sex in a nice apartment, or pretend to make a goblin go in my mouth. <laughs> like, it's over. This is like this is like what cars did for walking. Yeah. Will asks, <laughs> when designing settings, how do you deal with readers who are less open to deliberate vagaries or space for interpretation? Or as I call Badly. it, the spire problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like we've we've faced this problem a lot. And in honesty, like in a lot of cases it's just not the game for them. That's yes, that's true. Like I'm not saying for every case. Like it's just you just need a more structured setting and world and rules and whatnot. Mm. That's fine. Could you talk a little bit <clears throat> about the way that we wrote Spire? Well the method in which we wrote Spire? Well like, like why why Will has asked this pointed question. <laughs> this, this fairly obvious question. This on-the-nose question. So we wrote Spire in an effort to, for it to be intentionally vague. Mm-hmm. Um, so that people could put their own stamp on it, could pick what's important to their to their campaigns and ignore other stuff, um, and make it theirs. Mm. Rather than have the, the Forgotten Realms issue, Oof. which is, uh, no, there's no goblins in that wood. Mm. What do you mean? I, I'm the GM. I say there's goblins in that wood. Well, the book says there is there specifically isn't any goblins in that wood for this reason. Yeah. Um, we didn't want that to crop up ever. No. So we may have gone too far the other way. It's an interesting challenge because having that having that uh, fully realised world or a, a realised world, let's be honest, is is kind of fun because you can master it, you can learn it. You know, mm. and like learning out of character and applying the knowledge in character—that's a tricky biscuit, and we can get to that. It's a different topic, but being able to gain mastery of a space is kind of nice. And saying, "Oh, yeah. there's this word. There's goblins there. We know that. Cool." And to have that, what's the word? Uh, cohere to have that, uh, to have that be consistent throughout com- uh, campaigns and have it grow. Awesome, love it. Lots of work. Yeah, huge amount of work, and not just to write it, which is pro- I mean, primarily I do things because they're easy. But not just to write it, but also just to play it and to GM it, and you have to learn what's going on all the time. Yeah, I mean, um, these are these are games that have cropped up recently for me, like uh, Coriolis, mm. Eclipse Phase, like Eclipse Phase especially. You are fucked. <laughs> you are absolutely fucked in that system. Like, I I really dig the concept of Eclipse Phase, mm. but there is so much to understand. Yeah. And the way in which things are done is necessary to understand to play the rules. Yeah. Because of who you play um, and the political and technological things you interface with in every session, mm. every player has to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. In Spire, you can come to it going, uh, we're, we're Dark Elves, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Cool, let's do it. That, that's, that's as much as you really need. Yeah. And then the GM can fill you in on what's important as you go. I mean, there's... There's the old-fashioned trick of, like, just playing an idiot. Yeah, or somebody who's just come to the area and has no idea. And, and like, and at, and at that point, at that point, the GM you know, can, can make it up as they go along. I, I, I will say, like, one, one of the challenges of, of running a heart, which is a dungeon crawl scenario set in the same universe, a dungeon crawl set, uh, game set in the same universe, is that rather than looking at a map, I'm like, all right, Grant, time to imagine a fourth type of corridor. 
<laughs> to, to put before the players. You enter another corridor. This one is even less pleasant than the last. Teeth are there. I, I generally skip the corridors, I'll be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, like, I, I have to describe how you get to the next interesting thing. Do you? I, I think, I was like, well, it's nice sometimes to, 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 have, okay. to have continuity. No, I just find that interesting because I, I just don't. Okay. Like, I just fast forward through anything that, that could be construed as boring. Could be construed as a corridor. Yeah, like, if you're doing a, dun- a huge dungeon crawl yeah. um, in D&D, there's an absolute nightmare of you go forward 10 feet. Oh, my God, yeah. And then the corridor goes left. Like, it's it's not a straight corridor, but there are no choices in which way to go. No, and this this would not be an interesting... Like, if this was a film, this would not be the bit that was filmed. Unless there was a really interesting talk, like yeah. a West Wing-style conversation going on down a corridor. But you have to describe it. Like, also, I love walk and talk, dungeon crawl. That's a really solid idea. <laughs> yeah. I, you have to describe it like you're in fucking nightmare. Mm. Okay, go forward three spaces, and then the corridor turns to the left. Okay, and the, 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 the map maker's drawing it on there. Oh no, a trap! Oh, riddly dee, riddly fuck nuts. I'm not playing this fucking game anymore. No, it doesn't rhyme. Doesn't rhyme. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard. I think that <laughs> I think I think that Chris. It's sorry. It's hard to deal with people who want this. It's hard to write the full settings. I think some people really naturally go to it. I think that like the the success of games like uh, the success of, of places like uh, like World Anvil, for example, mm. um, how people people want to make these hugely richly detailed settings and write what and write a taxonomy without having to be accurate because they can make it up themselves there's there's a real lure in, in that because like we a lot of us a lot of us grew up reading these big fantasy sci-fi books where there's this lots of you know setting lots of cruft around there and you can sort of settle into that yeah but like i i i done that you know i've yeah. i've been through that like i've i've read the the complicated settings and mm. the fantasy novels and like you know what's fun Having fun. Making things up. Yeah. Like, Making things up is fun. It's so difficult to balance a, a coherent world with at least a hint of meta-narrative. Mm. So that you've got lots of hooks and you've got lots of uh, play spaces, essentially. Um, with being overly specific and letting people... And then people not having space for interpretation. It also has to have the, have the capacity to change. Mm. Uh, good, like good worlds will change in reaction to the player's actions, and the issue is if you've got all these, I was going to say moving pieces. They're not moving pieces. Once you write something down, it's it's stuck in place. And so if you've got all the setting established, then if you change one part of it, then everything else has to react. And so it it, it what's the word? It, it is inclined towards inaction. Mm-hmm. And on that wanky. Sentence. I think we should move on to the second part of the show. <laughs> okay. Did you ever want a game to exist? But not enough to make it yourself. Grant and Chris make games. Grant Howitt writes in, Secret Wedding Pig. You went with yours first, huh? I, 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 I really... I came up with Secret Wedding Pig as a... As a, as a joke, but I'm actually really into the idea of trying to hide a pig at a wedding. So, my only issue, mild issue with Secret Wedding Pig, mm-hmm. is this just goat crashes, but you're not the goat? 100% not. 
Okay. The pig doesn't want to be there. <laughs> the pig wants. The pig to be. has no agency. The pig, no. The pig is a pig. It, it is like they're not especially clever animals. It is a mighty and awful hog. Yeah, it is. Well, I think that that's that's the new game plus. Oh, okay. Like, then you go up to like wild boar. You got two options. One, you got you got a little pig who you have to you have to keep secret throughout the entire wedding. Why it's there? We're thinking we're thinking cute pink pig, curly tail, that sort. That sort of thing. Yeah, not quite teacup, but like under an arm, that sort sure. of thing. You know, uh, yep. you got you got a little guy, and you got to keep him safe there. Quite why he's there, it's not entirely clear. Maybe he has an objection to the wedding. Maybe he wants to steal, steal some cake. Maybe you just want to have a pig there. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's your comfort pig. Yes, and uh, you suffer from extreme social anxiety, and he's really just helping you through. That's that. That's the easy mode. And then the, the second one is like it's an online mode, or it's a multiplayer mode. If we're talking like face to face games, tabletop games, where all six of you have to keep this giant fucking sow secret. <laughs> like like one of those one of those weirdly big Victorian pigs, you know? Oh yes, the sort the, the sort that had a, a picture a, 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 a portrait done of them. Very much so, yes. Like a rectangular pig. A skip with legs. Yeah. And it's like and you and you're going in with like the world's biggest trench coat mm-hmm. covering you and then split out behind you covering the pig. Well, what do you have at weddings? Trains on dresses. We, yes. we have to disguise ourselves as the bride and then I, I presume get married to the groom I was about to say I, I think I, I think we're going to change that you don't have trains on dresses you have a train on a dress yes otherwise the person, the other people wearing tra- with trains on their dresses yeah. are assholes you also have a veil in that costume which is perfect because you're not the bride you are the pig now you're going to need a series of taste <laughs> you're going to need a- no you're not the pig you have okay okay <laughs> You are not the pig. This is not a cute animal crime game. This is this is this is a weird a weird person game. This is like unknown armies, and my obsession is getting a pig into a wedding so I can flip flop my rules. Okay. One of you has the dress and the veil. You've got the pig under there. Another view, another one of you is the obstructor. The obstructor's main weapon is tasteful chinois screens, which they can erect around where the pig is. <laughs> You've got the vapeman. The vapeman produces big clouds of vapor, which hides the pig. Sure. Jackie squeaks. Jackie squeaks sounds like a pig. Well, how's that going to help? Everyone thinks, well, if you ever hear the, the pig... The first time Jackie squeaks activates his ability, people go, is there a pig in here? I'm going to really look for that pig. Okay, cool, fine. At which point Jackie squeaks is like, Rah! don't worry, it was just me. That's just a noise I Rah! make when I talk sometimes. Everyone's like, oh, that's fine. Jackie. We didn't invite you, Jackie. <laughs> now, someone's got to deal with the smell. <laughs> The Paladin Shameless. The Paladin Shameless is there, and he's like, "Oh no, I just shat myself." Oh, I see. That's pretty clever. Yeah, he does like. Oh no, that... I've done it again and again. Yeah. yeah, do step over it. Yeah, that's that's kind of like your martyr character, more of a yeah. healer. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Technically. So yeah, I think we should do Secret Wedding Pig, but I bet you've got a different option. Oh, I've got lots of different options because right. there's a whole Twitter thread of them. All right, what is it then? Uh, Blake Ryan suggests hoax the plagues. <laughs> the little boy who cried locusts. Yeah, like, but I'm, what I'm thinking is, like, you are the equivalent of an anti-vaxxer in ancient Egypt. Okay. And, like, you know, no, these aren't sent from God. 
No, no, no. What you want is some essential oils. Don't cure you. <laughs> so what I've got here, like you, th- you think the plagues are fake news? What I've got here, I've got a, I've got a, a, a concoction I've made by uh, by putting some blood in some water and then tapping it thirty times against a horsehair ribbon. I'm just going to put these drops in the, in the Nile, and that should clear all the blood out. <laughs> I don't know whose voice this is. It's a nice one, though. I'm not sure about this. I think I, I, I think I think I might be casting aspersions upon people with this voice. Oh yeah. Well, say the homeopaths. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I like the idea that you just think the plagues are a complete hoax. Yeah. Right, now, come on. Come on. Come on. Let's 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 reel this in now. This is getting silly. Interestingly enough, they were. Well, I mean, they didn't happen. Well, what I'm guessing is that like some bad things happened. At some point, and then they ascribed it to the actions of, of the Christians. Yeah, but what sorry, a shitty sorry. week. The Jews, my apologies. Yeah, what a shitty week, though. I, I mean, I, again, they might have sped things up a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Bible expert. but I'm not I'm not a Bibleist. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a godsman. I'm not talented. I'm not really present in this recording. <laughs> I think that's fun. I worry about the, like, I worry about the overall game. Of it, like, I'm not sure what the what the character actions are. Well, like you're convincing something, you're convincing someone something isn't a problem or is a problem, mm. but a different kind of problem. All right, all right, we flip it. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. You've got to convince a load of people that your hokum religion is true. Love it. So you figure, why not send plagues? You've got to pretend there. You've oh. got to pretend. That these plagues are very real to the entire of Egypt. Oh, that's great! Hokum Simulator. Yep. Like what? 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 what it would be like two thousand BC? I don't know. Egypt went on for a while. Yeah, it's a big town. Big town. Yeah, big city. The old Damn pointy London. <laughs> Sandy <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> Leeds of the South. Hull with a different accent. To King Rumbaba. <laughs> oh, where's Carthage? Papyrus Town. <laughs> anyway. Reedsville. Yeah. <laughs> Reedsville, top right of Africa. I really love the idea of, of a hokum simulator. Mm. And like and like you've got you've got basically a bunch of slightly gullible people who you have to convince So it's like cultist simulator, but it's not real. Yeah, and you know it is an ancient pharaoh. You're, well, I guess a current pharaoh while yes. you're playing. Yeah, a thoroughly modern pharaoh. Mm. I, I, or like, as I say, it <laughs> progressive views. It just not <laughs> at the time. I think I should marry both my sisters. I Ooh. think that I, there's there's something really charming about the idea of like this the sort of Age of Empires shit, the sort of like Crusader Kings thing. But the idea is that you're trying to build this very small empire based on lies, and you always have the option to cash out and run away. Yes, you can always just bail. Like, and like, you, and like part, part, of your, part of your setup through this is you making sure you have escape routes, and like, and like have you set yourself up as an ineffable person who might disappear for a while. Yes, like a child of the gods who may ascend at any moment. To three towns over. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Well, I, I will change my name and sell newspapers. I'm simply a reincarnation of him. You can tell from my moustache. But like, I love the idea of 
these you've you've, you've got a lot of power like you've got a fairly big following mm-hmm. i mean like bring me all of the clothes pegs in the kingdom Yes, good. Now I have those. Excellent. Now, we're going to catch all the flies. They're dirty animals. I won't have them. Now, we're going to take the wings off the flies and glue them to the clothes pegs, and then we're going to launch them out of a trebuchet at Egypt and call them crickets. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. Than getting crickets, <laughs> you get enough crickets. Like you can get two, three crickets, fine. But we need thousands of crickets. We need a plague That's of true. locusts, right? Getting, getting an inner, an inner circle of people who who'll do your bidding and who know that it's all fake. But you have yeah. to keep, you have to keep them happy. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, you've got to like manage their happiness level. Otherwise, they'll tell people, and like they've got a lot of proof. But they are also making mad bank out of this. Yeah. So this this, this sort of it, this sort of weird web. Dare of I say mail. it's a pyramid scheme? <gasps> Thank you. Thank well you. Done. I bask in that for a little. Well done. Uh, mm-hmm. That's brilliant. I like that. I'm going to move on to another one. Please. Luke writes in. Beardy noise. Mm-hmm. The Pharmanobicon colon things man was not meant to sow. <laughs> you play farmers on a patch of land full of eldritch taint. Meaning bountiful harvests, but also the risk of shoggoths. Okay, so you just like you've got a, you've got you know your 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 farm machinery. Yeah, your combine harvesters, that sort of stuff. And you've got the one of those automated things that sows the seeds. Mm-hmm. And you look in the hopper, and it's just teeth. Oh no, not teeth again! Just just a billion teeth, and you've accidentally been planting a load of teeth rather than pomegranates. And like and like you'll be you'll be using a combine harvester running over a field and then like 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 you'll bump over the head of one of those things with a weird mouth on top of its head. A, What's it? A, a gug? A gug. Gug's there. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey get off man. Um sorry sir, I know I was supposed to be lifting the hideous hay bales, but I just need a nap <laughs> under the endives. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry, sir. I was down in the vineyards having a doze. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Terence says the hate wine is nearly done. I, so you've got you've got the concept of like you've got orchards, and the orchards, of course, produce wonderful apples that bring terrible knowledge, and and are filled with spirits. Occasionally, you've just got a fucking shoggoth that will that will or like or like a uh, a, a dark young. Will I like that you the idea that you've got shoggoths like farms have rats? Yeah. Or like a bit of a rabbit problem, you just leave a little piece of poison out for a shock off, <laughs> <laughs> and just hope that your dog doesn't eat it. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> there's there's all sorts of fun things, and like and like maybe maybe like, like initially shoggoths are a pest, but then you're like, oh, hang on, I can farm this for protoplasm. Yeah, and then you can set up your own shoggoth farm. And what you well, don't forget, like so shoggoths. Are amorphous beings mm-hmm. that grow and shed organs and whatnot and limbs mm-hmm. at a terrifying rate. What if, what if you could train them? Hard, but go on. What if you just covered every available surface in their, I don't know, plexiglass pen or whatever you have to do, mm-hmm. uh, and just show them really big pictures of cows? <laughs> every surface, like that's all they've really ever known. Sexy cows. And so they start going, oh, well, all I can do is hooves and udders. And now you've got shut-off milk. I would like to upgrade your idea. Please. Just chicken breasts. 
<laughs> hooves are a waste of time. I don't know. There's nothing I can do with hooves aside from glue, I presume. It's just, just a, like T-bone steaks. J- yep, T-bone steaks, chicken breasts, um, lovely ribs. A pint of milk. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just trying to imagine. Because it's, it's done the glass as well. Yeah, it, com- it, it comes in the glass. And what you do is you just put like, um, you know those like cups of juice you used to get as a kid? Mm, with the with the with the plastic thing on the top. with the plastic layer on the top, and you yeah. put the straw through that. Yeah, it's like that, but for milk. Mm, and it's definitely cartilage. And it's yeah, it's oh, it it's smells not milk either. It smells milk adjacent. I mean, it smells like it was milk. Yeah, just like all of these, all of these things, and you get eventually a perfect plexiglass cube of a substance. I'm a sub- substance. I'm going to call milk meat. <laughs> Although actually, like, so let's take this one step further. Jesus, how many, just, how many more steps can we fucking No, there's take a lot it? of steps here. Like, you're not even just going, okay, so this is what a glass of milk looks like. This is what a glass of milk looks like next to 200 other glasses of milk in yeah. an easy-to-forklift package I'm with sure. cellophane over it and a price tag. I'm not sure they can do packages. I think I think chicken breasts are uh, maybe a glass or bottle of milk is as far as they can get it. But I think it's going to be, they're not big on symmetry is the thing. No, I just like the idea that, that, that the, the Shoggoth is all of the glasses of milk, the cellophane, and the packaging. Mm. So when you when you like take it to, to Sainsbury's and they break it out of the packaging to distribute it to the shelves, mm-hmm. like that Shoggoth gets pissed. They break it out, and like that, that's all part of the training. Like you're like you're just there hiding behind the ogre, saying like, "Hold, hold." <laughs> it's like the start of Jurassic Park. Hmm. But instead of a raptor inside a cage, it's milk. Luke also writes in, you have to seduce the Mona Lisa. I'm not sure I could. I mean, she's, she's a very drawer. frumpy. She's a, is she? she frumpy? She looks, like, she looks like upset to be here. Oh, she's got that enigmatic smile. Maybe, oh, maybe, like... maybe, she, maybe she's just noticed my bum. See, I never, I never, and like, looking at it, I never thought she was smiling. I thought she was just like, yeah, this, this is great. Sure. You fuck off, Leonardo. Leonardo just, just making out hard with one of his boys in the corner. <laughs> and occasionally the painting of Mona Lisa. It's like, 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 like leaning over and putting on her hair or something. I don't think she was happy to be in that picture. Fair enough. Okay. Then, then you need to offer, you need to offer her a way out. This isn't a game. Give me a game. Samantha Streeter suggests work mandated escape room. <laughs> this is that's just that's just work, isn't it? So what you have is is you have a full escape room like that. There's nothing different about that. Okay. However, it's about managing your relationship levels with everybody in that escape room. Who isn't allowed to leave? Nobody's allowed to leave until you've done the escape room. Right. Okay. It's, it's team building. Gotcha. You say. And you you're in there with like. Cheryl, the one who talks really loudly on the phone in the cubicle next to you. And Carol. Who you can't tell apart from Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And you hate largely everybody there. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be politically nice. Mm. And yet they are just throwing themselves in this escape room. Like they're really excited. They're loving yeah. it. But they are the absolute worst. Do they have to do And they're making well? it harder for you. Like is, is, is this set in the office? Do we have to do work as well? Or... No, no, no. This, oh, is, okay, right. this is this is a this is a team building thing inside an escape room. Right. Okay. So you've got an escape room to complete. Mm-hmm. However, 
there are four other people there who are the worst. Mm-hmm. And you've got to come out of this looking looking good and also completing the escape room. Two options for this. Mm-hmm. One, it's a LARP. Yeah. And I would argue that's just most escape rooms. Two, it's a God's Will Be Watching style nightmare simulator. Oh, that works, actually, <laughs> where yes. You, where you simply manage the actions of these four horrible people trying to solve an escape room. Mm, and not get fired. JP writes in, Live, delve, repeat, aka Groundhog Dungeon. <laughs> Which is genuinely a pretty solid plan. Yeah. I mean, that I is mean, Dark Souls. Well, also, it's it's the club. The club? The club. The club. So there's, there's an old third-person shooter. On the Xbox the, 360. On the Xbox 360, called The Club. Mm-hmm. And the basic premise of the game is that Every level is always identical. Um, like, the enemies will always run at you in exactly the same pattern and cut with exactly the same timing. So you can, in theory, master it. So you can throw a grenade where there's nobody there and no clue that there will be anybody there. But you've played the level before, so you know. It's a time trial game. It's a time trial game, yeah. Should uh, it's, about, it's about going faster and getting higher and higher sh- points. Sh- should also notice, should also note, there's a character in it called the Secretary, mm-hmm. who organises these death matches, and Chris who and has I, this voice. Chris and I, around the year 2007, became obsessed with him. <laughs> he lives on in our memories to this day. I once put up a shed with my dick. Do you really want to wrestle? <laughs> we also made a lot of things about his penis. Yeah. Um... But imagine doing that in D&D. Mm-hmm. So it's not an overly complex dungeon, so mm-hmm. that you don't mind redoing it. But like, so you know what, once you've done it once, you know what's down there. So you mm. can exactly tailor your spell list. So you can start doing things like casting a fireball down an empty corridor, because you know mm. there's an invisible monster in there. And it's about how many rounds does it take you to complete this dungeon? Hmm. And then you can give exactly that dungeon to somebody else and go, "Cool, what's your what's your number of rounds?" That's uh, that's that's kind of how American D and D is played, right? They have like they they have, they have who can do the dungeon fastest contests. Sure, but that's they measure it in hours. Yeah, whereas whereas you, you, know, you measure it in lives. Yeah, like I, because then I, I want people to go, okay, well, what if I build these characters and take it down there? And if you're doing mm. something in something as granular as rounds, all you do is you have one of those, you know those clickers that bouncers have at pubs? Mm-hmm. You have one of those, just every time you're around, you just click it, so you're not actually writing all this enormous amount of numbers down. Mm-hmm. I think that would be hella fun. Possibly I, just for me. That's the thing, like, I think if, if D&D combat was faster, I'd be, uh, I'd be game for it. Sure. Like, I mean, like, you don't have to run co- it in D&D. There are other systems. It needs to be simulating. Yeah. And I worry that any sort of tabletop game with simulating rules is going to be quite slow. But it's a it's a, it's a lovely idea. I, 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 I love the wind. I love yes, that'll do it. I love the concept behind it. I'd be quite happy with that actually. I'm mm. kind of excited by the concept. Last one. Okay. Riley writes in. Crab knife. A game <laughs> where you play a crab. You can use one brackets one human tool and goes on an adventure. Okay. So, you're a crab. Mm-hmm. Uh, roll on a D100 table for the tool you can use. Ooh, 76. 
Uh, oh, you got a wrench. Yeah. <laughs> you got a soldering iron. <laughs> you got an iPhone. Wow. I, I guess you'd have to sort of smudge your eyes against it for, for conductivity. I figure ice storms <laughs> I don't are the only how, conductive but you can thing on a crab. Yeah, I, you, you know what? You found a finger. <laughs> Which you hold in your smaller claw. Or, or your claw opens and a single beautiful slender woman's finger comes out and taps. Perfectly painted nail. Yeah, like like imagine like Kate Blanchett grade. Mm. Tilda Swinton grade with like with with maybe like one joint too many <laughs> tapping away. It's just made made out of that wiggling crab meat that's inside the shell. <laughs> no, you... just deglove one oh, of those things. I just... I no, no, nothing's <laughs> getting degloved. All our gloves are staying on. Okay. But you're also your your adventure is your adventure ends here. You tried to use the mobile phone. <laughs> this was the wrong move, fool. The uh, the adventure ends that no. Your your adventure is either randomly determined or it's proper like brave adventurers. You must unite the four warring kingdoms against the archlich, and you're just a crab with a gun. So I kind of like the idea that it's randomly determined, mm-hmm. like a D one hundred table. But fifty percent of the answers are that, okay. and the other the others are random. So most of the time, it's just you know, go and save the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you must become a captain of industry. <laughs> you run a plane taxi service to the Bahamas. You know, just like a couple of odd ones in there. Yeah, can you put on a amateur dramatics version of the Glass Menagerie? <laughs> I guess one of the crabs would have like a megaphone that they could shout into. Or I guess make crab noises into. Your tool is a tape measure. You are a Savile Row tailor. Oh, oh, imagine a little crab giving you measurements. And then like snipping the, the cloth. Working oh, late into the night. Like, like I, I, was, I was about to have him like, like, mop, like mopping sweat off his forehead, but he doesn't sweat, he's a crab. <laughs> Your tool is a tiny hammer. You're a cobbler beset by elves. <laughs> Fuck up those elves. <laughs> Hurt them with your hammer. Can I use my claw? No. <laughs> That's not a weapon. That's part of your body, you silly crab. Which game are we going to go with? I, I think it's. I think I want Hoax the Plagues. I really quite like Hoax the Plagues. I think there's some, like I've not seen. I'm sure it must exist already, right? I mean, maybe like in a spin-off of like Microscope or something. But I, I I like the idea of having it like either as a computer game like 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 a like a like a Crusader Kings or a Cult of Simulator, uh, like a like like a like a broad power management game. Ah, bruv. Legacy. <gasps> it's a legacy hack. Oh, okay. So you so so you have to so rather than each generation, this is just you moving to the next town over. <laughs> yeah. And like you've got you've got the the, the zoomed in oh. look, where it's just you trying not to get rumbled, mm-hmm. and then the zoomed out thing, which is where you enact your hoaxes. Oh, that's great! Trying to convince a bunch of provincial rubes that actually you've made it rain blood rather than just putting some tomato juice in the sprinkler. Yeah, it's just like just like getting a load of mates with those ketchup squeezy bottles to just squirt it. <laughs> Whoa, God's angry. Give me your money. <laughs> we'll need over a hundred pounds to appease this god. 
I also really like the idea that you find actual sorcerers and actual um, like clerics, like miracle mm. workers, who you have to deal with. <laughs> yeah, you got to kill them, you got to hide them, you got to buy them off, blackmail them, whatever you need to do yeah. to just keep them from talking. Yeah, okay, like like don't 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 get on, don't don't, don't try and muscle to my fucking racket, all right? With your real god, you idiot. Yeah. Can you bring yourself back to life? <laughs> Turns out no. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> or eventually you start pissing off God. <laughs> <laughs> Who starts sending actual plagues after you that you just reframe? Yeah, and, and, and so, so, so like they're really high level tactic is employing spin doctors. <laughs> Can you make God angry enough to prove that your God's real and he, and he isn't? Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends, the tired edition. Mm, sleepy voice. Big, big round, sleepy boys. Uh, we are we are back in the country. We are going to. There's going to be there's going to be some changes around here. Shake up around these parts. One, we're going to change the day we put the podcast out on. Gasp! It's going to be Friday. Yeah, we're going to put them out on Fridays. So. We had arbitrarily decided on Monday, I think, because it gave us a weekend to cut together the podcast. Mm-hmm. However, now that we have a weekend to cut together the podcast, we generally don't do it until Sunday morning. Because we're busy on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, and we're, and we're busy, uh, and so we're gonna we're, we're, we're gonna try and get a slightly more stable release schedule um, on on Fridays. Uh, so you have something to listen to on Friday. We, we we can have that Friday feeling recorded Ooh. on a Wednesday. And the second okay. thing is, we've got we've got another another little experiment in the old format coming up. Why don't you tell the listeners about it, Chris? So. We- we wanted to try a different kind of podcast as well as this one. Mm. Um, rather than making games, we're going to be looking at other games. Mm. Um, and basically, because Grant is lazy, what's going to happen is I'm going to read a game. Excuse me? And Grant is going to ask me questions about it, so he doesn't have you, to do it. You watch your whore mouth. Tell me it's not true. I am. Yeah, you know, I don't read books. That's fine. No, you don't. Uh, I'm lazy when it comes to reading books. Writing books, fine. Reading them, oh, yeah. mugs Absolutely. No, very good. Mm. Um, so, it's not a review. It's a, it's a critical discussion. It's, yeah, like, we're gonna, we're, the idea is we want to look at the rules and setting and whatnot of different books, mm-hmm. um, as voted on by our adoring public, oh. um, basically so that I don't dither and not pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read it. Grant's going to ask me questions, and then we're going to tell you about it. And it might be shite. It might be the best podcast you've ever heard. Probably won't know until we've had a good old ho- college try. I'm hoping it'll be somewhere in between those two. Yeah, I don't want it to be the best podcast ever because that's no. a lot of work. If it no. does, if it really kicks off, if we if, if we defeat Serial. <laughs> now that's happening. Basically, we were interested in in talking more about mechanics and talking more about games and doing more of a. A bit, something a bit more professional, I suppose. Like we're still going to tell kind jokes of. and stuff. Oh, we're still going to be bums in it. Yeah, it's still going to be bums and willies and all the funny things. But I think that I'm I'm often caught in a place where I'm like I don't want to be too technical to put off people who are listening for the jokes, and I don't want to be too jokey to put off people who are listening for the role playing. Mm-hmm. So if we can have a place where we can do our inside baseball stuff and say, here's why, like say for example, here's why Pathfinder Second Edition is fascinating. Yeah, this is where it, this is where I don't like it, and yeah. this is where I think this bit is really cool. Yeah, 
um, rather than this product is good and you should buy it. Yeah. It's like, I don't like the way this rule feels. Mm. It technically works and it's very good, but it feels funky. It feels It's going to be at that level. Yeah. So look forward to that. We're going to record that. If you've got any ideas for, if if you've got any um, books you'd like Chris to take a look at and me to quiz him on, pick short books first. Yeah, and also please don't pick books I don't have access to. <laughs> please just know what Chris has. Like I'm gonna, oh, what I do is at some point I'll oh, put yeah. up a poll with a couple of books, and you can pick between them. And you could post a shelfie as well. Yeah, I could actually. That's not yeah. a bad shout. Uh, which is somehow... my living room is currently a wreck post Gen Con. Okay, um, and there are RPG books everywhere. That's that, that's that's true. Uh, we love you very much. We, we think you're we think you're a wonderful person. And so pretty, you have such a lovely smile. Your eyes light up the room whenever you walk in, and I can feel my heart flutter against my ribcage, as though it's fit to burst a caged bird of a thing whenever I catch a wry glance from you across a room. We can be followed. No. <laughs> you no. can track us. You can track us. Using, the, using your computer, you can track us. If you go to HDF Podcast at Twitter, you can... I actually don't. We don't even update it. <laughs> at GS Howard. Yeah, go to at GS Howard. I tweet about this shit all the time. Also, also at, at the Madigan for Chris. I occasionally do a tweet. He does. He does it like if you want. If you want like if, if you want the sort of quiet, relaxed, three p.m. on a Tuesday at a pub experience. Follow Chris. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Very little. Very little to to, to upset or, or shock you in the occasional. I occasionally joke. reply to tweets. Mm. You can also, if, you, if you've got a question, you can ping us. Actually, if you've got a question, you can send a question to HDF Podcast. There you go. Yeah. Uh, or if you're, if, if you like this, you're like, what what a lovely pair of boys. I think they need some more cash. Then you can go to patreon.com forward slash friends. Give us some money every episode. Come and join the Discord, which is ever expanding. Forever is growing. Forever growing. With lovely, lovely humans, we assume. Beautiful. Yeah, we've got to, we've got to reckon they are. We met some of them for the first time we at have. Gen Con. Thank you, was, Gen Con. Yeah, thank you, Gen Con. It was nice to meet you. Um, and so those ones are human. And even if you're not human, as long as you access some sort of bank account, you can pretend it's cool. Yeah, we don't care. We don't mind. We'll we'll, we'll perform that service for you. We, we love judgy. you. We we you don't need bones to be our friend. <laughs> we love you very much. Good luck with the coming week. We'll see you on Friday. Strap in, lock and load. Good luck. Goodbye and good night.